Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that has taken the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. A beautiful day here. Absolutely perfect day for baseball. I think the crowd's gotten bigger as we've been sitting here. Strikeout number one in the career of Riley Maddox. He sits down a fellow freshman in Peyton Basler. Out number two for the young Rebel. Not that for the freshman. Throw a 94-mile-per-hour fastball. Come back there with a changeup, swing and miss. I mean, fantastic approach for Maddox there. One-two count, and that's as a pitcher. When, when you put yourself in those great counts, you have the ability to, to make those great pitches off the plate to get those swing and miss strikeouts. Yo, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the In Off The Bench Podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, we got episode 38 titled Back on the Bump because we're talking to the man that's back on the bump, Ole Miss baseball star Riley Maddox. But before Riley joins us, Jim, we got to pay some bills. We got to get some shout outs to some of these sponsors. In Off the Bench Podcast is brought to you by Memphis City Designs, the best logos, brands in the town. From shoes to underoos, get your print on your gear. Look good, look fly, hit them up. They'll take good care of you. Chinook Cedary, the best seeds in the game. Flavors from mild to wild. No sandpaper tongue. I'm telling you, if you want a quick pick me up or a snack in the car, or you're on the baseball field, in the outfield, you know, batting cages, you name it, wherever you're at, these seeds are the bomb and they're good for you. And they're my go-to. Finally, Smith's Plumbing Services. If you got a drain clog, toilet clog, sink clog, any kind of clog, call my boy Dustin Smith at Smith's Plumbing Services and they'll take care of you and tell them in off the bench sent you. Jim, I don't want to waste any time because we got a, a, a good night ahead of us. We got a good interview coming up and you know it's it's Turkey Day Eve and we got some food to prep, man. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, Ole Miss baseball star Riley Maddox. Welcome in, everybody. We got the man, Riley Maddox. It has been well overdue. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Man, you know, Daniel was just talking about it as we were recording the intro. It's Turkey Day Eve. Food is on deck. So how could we not be good? And, you know, with that, I got to ask you, you know, Thanksgiving, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? What are you looking forward to most? Uh, definitely, definitely my grandmother's dressing. And I just found out the other day that Dressing is like only called dressing in Mississippi. 
It's called stuffing everywhere. Everywhere else. So Daniel, like, where what do they call it in Florida? Since it's kind of like neither the north nor the south. I mean, it depends on where you're from. Like I'm from Tennessee, and it's always been dressing, but a lot of people here call it stuffing. So yeah, I, I would as long say as it tastes good, stuffing for yeah. For as long as it tastes good, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, they can call it whatever they want as long as it's, it tastes right. We good. We good on that. So. You know, speaking of tomorrow, Thanksgiving tradition, there's always three football games. You know, you're going to be watching. Do you have any fantasy players? Because, I mean, if any reason to watch, that's it. You know, what what you got? Football tomorrow? All right. So, I'm not watching any NFL football tomorrow because I don't have a fantasy team. I kind of refuse to watch NFL just because I like college better. I'm one of those guys. And it's almost uh, but like I was playing, playing tomorrow, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm actually going to that game. I'm going to the Egg Bowl. So I got Chris or uh Thanksgiving lunch with my parents and grandparents and all that. And then I'm just gonna head right up there to Starkville. You know, I hate to like say this as we have had Will Rogers and Jet Johnson on this show, but I think Ole Miss might blow the doors off of them tomorrow. And it, you know, traditionally it's a good game. I just don't know that it will be tomorrow. We'll we'll see, you know, in a rivalry game, anything can happen. But I know my team, LSU, faced both those teams, and I know one of them beat them, and the other one would be tar out of. So we'll see. For your for your sake, I hope it's Ole Miss win, and it's actually a good game, because I imagine you don't even want to go and watch it be a blowout. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'm going in the game. But uh, I, going I to get that I good tailgate. Know. Yeah, yeah, go tailgate, meet up with some buddies I haven't seen in a while. But uh, I got I got my money on the revs for sure. Daniel, the question I got for him is: Is he going to tailgate with the guys in the poster in the background? Because for anybody who's watching video, you see, but audio people, my man has got a poster behind him. Um, got a couple guys with some six packs, but it's a little it stole me off. You know, I need I need an explanation here, Riley. Yeah, all right. So I was like 16, 15 years old. It was Christmas Eve. We always go to my grandmother's house uh, with the family, do all that stuff. And uh, my uncle, so the guy you see right here is my cousin, Ethan. Uh, so we took that. We were playing just pickup basketball outside in the summer. And I guess he got a picture and he found a guy that can print it on a cardboard piece of whatever you want to call it. And uh, he surprised us and got both of us one. So it's been up in my room since. So the question that all the girls want to know, Riley, is do you still have abs that look like the kid in the poster? Uh, I used to, for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. I was told that I was too skinny uh, when I got on campus, so they made me <laughs> get a little fat. Mm -hmm. I'm not fat, but I, I definitely lost the abs. Daniel, do you hear him blaming the nutritionist on losing yeah. his back? <laughs> like, you, it's unbelievable, <laughs> man. I mean, yeah, I, the only nutritionist is like – you can't have abs. I don't believe them because I saw the Omaha Challenge picks and most of them dudes had their shirts off and there was a lot of six packs there. So I don't know if he was one of them, but I think he's he you know he's fronting a little bit. Yeah. Here's, here's what I will tell you is out of all the sports, all right, baseball is one of the sports where there's less abs than any other sport. <laughs> yeah. They, you they can say, be like, they say, go ahead. They say we need uh, a lot of body fat for recovery. That's what they tell us. So it's I a mean, sport where I, you can look like Bartello Cologne. And yeah, you can be 300 pounds and, and throw 98. Miguel, Miguel Cabrera and, and Bartolo Cologne. It, it was like the pitching ninja does those uh, where you can just see the figure of it and they pitch. Oh, they you know, pitchers, and, yeah. and you could tell when it was CC Sabathia the other day. It was like clear as day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
All right. So this is, uh, you know, we brought this back around. We hadn't asked this in a while, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what's your favorite baseball movie? Oh, Major League. No doubt. Oh, Daniel. Sheen and yeah, all them. That is that I is think his the movie. most accurate one. I think it's definitely the most accurate one. If you look at how they actually play baseball, it looks it looks pretty uh, legit, unlike Daniel, a lot of them. Give us a quote from the movie. From Major League? Yeah. It's always a leg thing or a back thing <laughs> or a heart attack. <laughs> Who said heart attack? Me. <laughs> that's Major yeah. League too. Yeah, that's yeah. Major League too. Daniel yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel loves the Major Leagues. I'm a more kid uh baseball movie. I'm Sandlot rookie of the year type. And so uh, but Daniel's yeah, like you. All right. This one is the last one for the icebreaker. Important question. You know, growing up, favorite athlete. Who who was that, you know, guy for you? Favorite athlete. Uh I always loved, like in football, I always loved Drew Brees because I was a Saints fan. I was a quarterback. I loved him. Baseball, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't watch a lot of Major League Baseball when I was younger as much as I should have. Um, I, I liked really anyone from the Braves. I liked Greg Maddox. I know I didn't get to watch him when I was, uh, I guess, younger, but I always loved the way he pitched. And still to this day, I, I love the way he pitched. Do people ask if you're related to him? <laughs> yeah so you know that Swayze Crazy's uh Facebook page I know you're right. in it uh one of the guys said on there when I committed he was like this is Greg Maddox's nephew and I was like take it and it run with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it spelled differently but um, uh, they, they don't know but whatever makes them feel better what's crazy is you said Drew Brees did you see the news that came out today how is this somebody fan how, how is this news I saw it, something about you talking about his hand like he's not being able to throw or something like that his shoulder he's not able to throw which is not a surprise because he was declining so bad his last couple of seasons to where you know that's why he was just throwing really underneath stuff quick slant stuff you know what couldn't throw the yeah. ball downfield so the fact that he's throwing his arm basically out is not yeah. a surprise but it's just you hate reading it as as me and you being saints guys you read and you see drew Brees can no longer like throw a football it just makes you sad yeah it's it's pretty unbelievable that like quarterbacks like that have arm problems because you because usually you don't hear about it. Like arm problems aren't a like a quarterback thing. Except like Josh Allen, like towards UCL, like hitting somebody, unless it, unless it's like a freak accident like that. But usually like a shoulder injury is uncommon for football. Daniel, you think if I mean think about it, he threw a million plus passes. Yeah. I mean, gotta be some wear and tear. DB, you you're into all this science stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're as you get older, you start especially as he got later on in his career, like he's trying to like drop arm angles and do cute stuff. Like a lot of the Pat Mahomes type deal uh, where you see him throwing from different arm angles, guys start trying to do that and they start getting a little fancy. And then before you know it, you know, they're leading with the elbow. There's a lot of torque, you know, it's, it's just a, just a bad combination of things that can happen. Also, you got 210 to 200, 80 pound guys running at you and tackling you and hitting you and slamming you to the ground. So the combination of all that, yeah, it's uh 280. You being generous, man. Them D linemen, <laughs> three feet. I mean, I, uh, for sure, definitely. I think I you're quoting the uh, linebackers that are crushing him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's 
that's not news because Drew Brees, if you would have told him before he started his NFL career, hey man, you're gonna you're gonna do all of these things and you're gonna have the career that you have, but the downside is, is you're not gonna be able to throw with your right arm anymore. You cool with that? Guarantee you he's cool with that. Uh, I, well, you know why? One reason why I say he might not be cool with it. He's a big time parent, man, and his kids are football players. He can't even play catch with his kids, Daniel. That's sad. You know what? Them kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Go ahead, DB. Hi, right, Riley, man. Let's let's jump into your story. Tell me a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up. Yeah, so I I grew up in uh, Pearl, Mississippi. I still live here. Uh, went to Jackson Prep uh, in Flowood all the way from seventh grade to a senior year. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always played baseball my whole life, played football, basketball, ran work. Yeah, did it all. Just you know, was, it, uh, sports. was it a like a, a, a push to play sports from mom and dad? I mean, you know, what tell me about the family. Let's let's start with that. What What's the family dynamics? You Brothers, sisters, mom and dad, everybody. In yeah, the yeah. So I got a brother. He's uh, I think he's twenty. Yeah, twenty four now. He ran. He was a runner. He ran cross country and track. He ran in college for a year before he got burnt out. My mom was like a triathlete, just Iron Man, just a freak athlete. When it came to that, and my my dad played football in uh, in college uh, in some JUCO Mississippi. Played quarterback and then he played safety a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, my parents used to tell me I always had a ball in my hand growing up. So I think I was just kind of naturally drawn to it. And I, I'd play T-ball like everyone else, played soccer, you know, to stay in shape. And I kind of just ran with it when other kids didn't. I just kept with it. Is, mom's got to be the best athlete. If you put everybody in their prime, she's got to be the best athlete, right? Overall athlete, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to endurance, everything, yeah, she's got us. I mean, Ironman, triathlete, man – that's that yeah those are tough man rigorous beat your body up man that's you know shout out to her that's that's good yeah. stuff does she still do any of that now no she teaches like this thing called like body pump classes and like spin classes at uh, a gym around here like on her like her hobby kind of like a side job but other than that she doesn't do any of that anymore gotcha so you mentioned jackson prep i'm assuming that's where you went to high school Mm -hmm. yeah so three state championships jim 2018 19 and 20 he was all state honors in 2019 and 2021 team mvp in 2021 also you played football you're a two-time all-state honoree and led jackson prep to a state title in 2018 jim you we've had numerous athletes on here that played multiple sports but Given those accolades and championships and what he's accomplished, it's easy to say that Riley's probably the most accomplished, one of the most accomplished. I mean, yeah, it, there's maybe three guests that have won in multiple sports. It's yeah, right. crazy, yeah. crazy, man. That's, that's, uh, you know, when you hear that, like, does that, does, do those things matter to you anymore? I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't really look at high school much anymore, but like going back to high school, that was like the standard. The standard was to win a state championship. So if you didn't win, like the two years of high school football, I didn't win. That was a shock to everybody. So, I mean, for us, for, for my high school, it w really wasn't a shock to, 
to win a state championship. It was more of a shock to not win it. So, Daniel, so, since you're not staying in, you know, Mississippi like I am, Jackson prep to Mississippi is like IMG is to Florida. Um, they are expected to be good at everything every year. Gotcha. And given that, so do you get a chance to like if, – if your expectation is win it all or it's a failure, do you really get to like – when you do win it all – do you get to enjoy it or do you, are you so like taking a deep breath, taking a step back and like kind of just like trying to get back to like normal um, once all that's over or do you actually, yeah, like we worked really hard. We got this, we met expectations and we won a championship. I feel like to some degree you could probably appreciate it and, and, and enjoy it, but there's probably another level where you're just like, man, I'm glad that I can just take a step back and just chill out for a second. Yeah, no, exactly. Like we we enjoy it definitely. I mean, it's still tough to win a state championship in any sport, but you look back, like you said, like all the work we put in over, over the summer, or uh, if it's baseball in the the winter, whatever it may be, it's a long season too, and it's tough to win all those games, especially in baseball. I mean, I'm sure y'all know that. I mean, baseball's such a tough game to win a lot of sport or a lot of games. Uh, so we look back and we're really happy with it, but. At the same time, like like I said before, is the standard. So uh, it feels good to to meet the standard. But yeah, it was just uh it was just good to I guess win those state championships for the school. Yeah, and enjoy it for a little bit, and then yeah, focus on how to do it again. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I got a couple questions, and these you know just kind of get an idea of of your love for both of these sports. All right. Which did you love more, Friday Night Lights or being on the diamond? That's it's it's so tough to say. I've been asked that question a lot. Uh, fo- football was so fun, uh, especially because I knew I couldn't. Well, I may have could have played in college football, but not anywhere good. But uh, I knew like, I only had a limited number of games, and I always uh, knew in baseball that I could play this game at the next level for however long, hopefully as long as I can. But Friday night lights were in the moment probably more fun unless I was pitching then obviously pitching was uh more fun at that time because it was a lot easier than football to me right so now the follow up to that which was better winning a football title or winning a baseball title I feel like winning a baseball title was a little better uh especially my senior year, because I, I mean, I was kind of the captain that year. Uh, so it felt good to, I guess, like perform well. And uh, don't be humble. Yeah. Now you, you led them like, yeah, I mean, captain, sure, you're sure, leader. Sure. You've I did, I did well, I did well, but I mean, I had so many teams. I had a lot of D one guys on that team and a lot of great coaches that uh, like helped me through all the way and just kind of told me things I didn't know before. Um, I got there in high school, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, but like I said, like we had two lot or one guy going to state, two guys going to La Tech, uh, Ole Miss, another state guy actually just, and then some more that, that just graduated going like to South Alabama and all these JUCOs and just uh, ULM just, we had, we were loaded with, with talent. So to say it was just, or to me that I led them, I, it's really tough to say that. 
well, that team well, was stagged, Daniel. Uh, yeah. Clearly, because, you know, I had the opportunity, believe it or not, Jim asked me to go online and watch a broadcast he was doing of you pitching and you were going against Brady Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at DeSoto Central, and Jim asked me, he goes, what do you think about these two guys? And I remember this clearly. I said, I don't know what the longevity is or what the prediction is or what might happen, you know, a few years from now. But I'll tell you, those two guys are champions in high school. They're going to be champions in college, and they have a future that could lead them to making money doing this. And that was just sight unseen for the first time watching you guys pitch and battle it out. Um, So I'll ask you, did you ever expect that going from that moment being one of the top pitchers going against a Brady Tiger, who was one of the top pitchers, you know, not just in the state, but in the country to pitching on the biggest stage in Omaha? Yeah. uh, It's tough to say. I I always told, uh, my coaches that were state fans actually that we we're going to go to Omaha this year or that year. And, and, uh, we had the, the talent to win for sure. But actually I unfortunately didn't get the pitch, um, in Omaha cause I was right after I had Tommy John, but still to participate in that team and like pitch 20 something innings that year before I got hurt was, um, was pretty big. Cause you look back and every game mattered. If we had lost one game where we won, we probably wouldn't have gotten in. So uh, I look at it that way rather than just. Well, there's there's just some people out there that say you shouldn't have been in. Yeah. Well, hey, proved it wrong, I guess. I mean, nothing. I, hey, but hey, hey, I, before do. before we get to there, Daniel, I, I want to say this. I'm, I'm, not me, though. Not me. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I definitely. NC State, NC State should have been in. But uh, I'm yeah. good with it because I picked, <laughs> Ole Miss, I picked Ole Miss to win preseason. So all I did was end up being right. But yeah. uh, uh, here's the thing. Riley, I told Daniel in real time, because not even just that game, but the next game is Mason Nichols, you know, against uh, Bradley Lofton and Brock Tapper, right? So two Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And then, you know, later in the year, I see the best pitching showdown I've ever seen between your teammate Hunter Elliott and Brady Tiger, where they had 29 Ks combined, only one hit, one walk. Like in Mississippi that year, I mean, what a blessing to anybody who's going to high school baseball games because y'all were elite. And Daniel may not remember saying this to me. He was watching that broadcast and the one at D.C. as well, and he said that the umpire was even getting pitch uh, balls and strikes wrong because he said he didn't think he was qualified to call the filth that y'all threw. <laughs> remember that, I Daniel? Mean, I was I was watching balls drop top to bottom, like just falling off the table and moving like, you know, it was it was for a, a high school arm to do the things that I was watching, and I was like, "Man, is my computer lagging? Like, the, it's it's just moving, it's jumping." And but no, yeah, you guys were were, were getting after it, man, and it was it was clear to me for sure. Yeah, we we definitely had a loaded class. I I remember always checking on like Twitter and like PBR Mississippi post Bree Tiger or Hunter Elliott, somebody just going crazy that day. But I, speaking of those zones at umpire, I wish we still had those zones. Uh, the college zones are a lot tighter. So he I mean, knows exactly what, get, we, what you were saying, Daniel. 
Yeah, you could get three balls off in high school. Now you can't even get a ball off. So oh man, that's where you used to live, dude. Well, dude, in, in high school they they used to tell you you can get outs by throwing three balls off, but if you wanted to win championships, you had to be able to throw in. Mm-hmm. But when you throw ninety two to ninety six, yeah. it don't matter. It yeah, did, I, I, I came matter. to I came to college and I, I mean, I had a changeup, but I never needed to throw it in high school, and like I found out that I had a really good changeup. And they're like, you not throw this in high school. I was like, never needed to. I just threw too hard. Blow, blow smoke. Yeah, well, well, here, was, here was the hard. thing during during that game between Hunter and Brady. Uh, Hunter having 15 Ks, Brady having 14. Um, if you weren't there, what most people you know would know that there, Brady was getting into full count after full count, even though he's getting a punch out. Whereas Hunter was one, two, three. And I was sitting there with Brady's dad, and he was like, because he was hitting 97 on the gun. There was eight scouts there. And it was like, quit trying to throw so hard and because he was missing the zone. And to your point that you're talking about, Daniel, Hunter's just throwing 90-91, but he's steady just painting the corner. And guys aren't hitting that. And it's like, you don't need mm-hmm. to throw 97, Brady. Dial it back and and throw strikes. Yeah, guys in high school, guys that throw upper, mid, you know, mid-90s, the only time they lose games is when they walk people. That's it. But – Riley, so obviously you it's clear the talent and we know the trajectory and what's going on, but when do colleges start approaching you and then what inevitably made you choose Ole Miss? Yeah, so there's my summer before my sophomore year. Colleges started reaching out. Um, Ole Miss was, I think, the second. Tulane was the first. Uh, and then some schools kind of just kept trickling in, but I didn't really get – like. Uh, really recruited until the summer for my junior year where um, if y'all remember who Nick Bitsko was, he was a freak. He was like 16 years old, like 95, 97. And he was pitching in uh, Lake Point and they told me I had to come in after him. So I was like, great, great. So I taught, I, I pitched really good that day. I pitched two innings. I threw like one ball, like five punches. I topped like 92 that day. It was like the best stuff I've ever had. So then all these colleges kind of kept coming in and, uh, it wasn't until about a week later that Mississippi State called. And I grew up a Mississippi State fan. Like, my parents are Mississippi State fans, or were at least. Uh, my whole family is. And I always thought I wanted to go there. And they called me, and they're like, hey, I want to offer you a scholarship, blah, blah, blah. So, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's, like, my dream school. So, I called Coach Lafferty at Ole Miss. And I was like, hey, Mississippi State just offered me. Just want to let you know. And he's like, oh, that. I, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but uh, he, he's yeah, like, yeah, it's it's guest dependent. We've had some that don't care, and I just got to mark the explicit button. I let him go. All right, all right. Well, he's, he's like, oh, damn, Riley. Well, if you, if you told me that, I would have offered you a scholarship already. So he got Coach B on the phone like 30 minutes later, and uh, he offered me a scholarship, and it was a little better scholarship. And I, I thought on it for maybe a few hours, and I maybe not even that. And I called Coach Bianco back, and I was like, Hey, I want to be a rebel. So long story short, I mean, I just picked there, picked there because I kind of thought about uh, the culture was good and they always send out good pitchers um, every year. And I thought they can develop pretty well. So, uh, and I ended up really liking Oxford more than Starkville. The city was pretty important to me. I'm just, I'm not that country. So I feel like I don't fit in in Starkville. Um, you know, 
Mississippi State or Ole Miss, like that's that's the beauty of that, right? As a Mississippi kid, you know, you're obviously a fan of one, but for baseball, you go to either, you're winning, right? Like obviously last year was an anomaly, both of them being bad, but usually one, if not both, are at the top of the food chain in the West. And I expect that to happen this year with you guys. Um, so, I mean, there isn't a bad pick. And what's funny about you telling me and Daniel this, we were talking about how unique you were in the high school state championship thing, but you're not unique in this. There are so many Ole Miss guests that we've had that were Mississippi State fans and Mississippi State that were Ole Miss fans. That actually seems to be very common. It's kind of funny. You know, we're talking about football tomorrow. Um, Will Rogers said he was the biggest Ole Miss fan ever growing up. And then he ends up playing for state. So that's always got to be a weird dynamic in the family household. You know, you're rooting for one thing. And the next thing you know, you're, you're donning the other Jersey, but you know, you get to Ole Miss, you know, made 14 relief appearances in your freshman season, posted a two and one record with a 5.2 ERA, 16 strikeouts and 22 innings of work, you know, before getting injured, how did you feel about your performance and your body of work? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good, especially for being a freshman kind of thrown into the fire. Right there. I thought I, I developed better as the season went on, but I still feel looking back now, hindsight, I didn't have, I wasn't really a pitcher. I really didn't know how to pitch. Um, I was kind of scared a little bit when it got into big moments. And when the pressure got to me a little bit, I would let it get in my head sometimes. But yeah, overall, I thought I did good. And I thought I was going to pitch like 40 innings that year, but obviously got hurt and cut my season short a little bit, but yeah, I thought I did pretty good for a freshman. Yeah, no. And I watched you multiple times live and, you know, I felt like, you know, like you're saying, especially coming in first season and you're thrown into the fire, you know, you talk about SEC gauntlet and everything. Um, I felt like it was really solid and, you know, it's a shame you got hurt, but I feel like timing wise, obviously with, you know, the Omaha run, we'll talk about in a second. It sucks. But I think when we talk about, you know, being a freshman, getting it out of the way, then, as opposed to when you're talking about going into the draft type stuff, you know, you'd, you'd much rather it happen now. Right. So at least I would, I mean, I don't want it to happen going into my, when I've got the draft upcoming because then it's messing with your future, but you know, regardless of injury, you got to be a part of the historic run. We were talking about um, regardless of what people say, you know, obviously Daniel was joking by saying that um, y'all win a national championship. Y'all go on this historic run. You know, I was there for part of the start of it. I was in Baton Rouge when y'all put, the, you know, took us to the woodshed. That's the only way to put it. Um, you know, what was it like to be a part of just that magical run and, you know, everything that a kid dreams of, right? Going to ha Omaha and winning a championship. Yeah, it was crazy. It definitely wasn't ideal to be 7-14 and 14, uh, in the middle of SEC play, looking like we weren't going to make uh, even the postseason. Uh, but I'm sure you've heard it on so many people talking about, like, belief. We had – we just had this belief – within each other and Tim was a great captain that year, great leader and just kept leading us the whole way. Just, Hey, believe, trust the process, trust the system. Uh, we'll get out of this hole. And as you saw, like we kept winning games, we, we were sweeping people. We had a big sweep in LSU. Sorry, but we had to, uh, then A&M, we won one game. We needed to win another one. We didn't win it. Uh, we got to the SC tournament. We're like, all right, if we won one game. We're for sure. in. lost to Vandy at, one o'clock in the morning. So we didn't know what our fate was. Uh, and going back and on Memorial Day, whenever the selection day was, uh, hearing our name call was pretty cool. And then uh, we just thought to ourselves, it's a new season. All that stuff's in the past. We don't have uh, 
don't have that record behind us, that 30 and 20 record, whatever it was. It's 0 0 now. So we went down to Miami, kicked some butt, and went to Southern Miss. And thank, thank God it was Southern. We didn't want to play LSU. When we saw Southern beat LSU, we were. You, could, yeah, you we were, know what? He's getting a lot of credit now, but Daniel will tell you how much um, I will cuss bitch to him in real time. Uh, Jay Johnson absolutely cost us that series with his decision making. It's a good <laughs> thing he redeemed himself the next year. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But yeah, we went to Southern. We uh, we swept at Southern and got to Omaha, and we were just hot. I mean, we just were rolling. I mean, we were hitting, we were pitching. So what we we knew we could do, but we couldn't put it together all season. We finally put together the right time. So, and then just seeing us dog pile right there and being a dog pile with my brace on, just not really on it, but on the side of it, kind of just uh having a good time enjoying the moment soaking it all in so what's interesting is you know I said that NC State um I thought should have uh been the last team but regardless I had picked y'all as national champions so I tell people that Ole Miss wasn't a Cinderella team I picked them preseason because I went to all the fall ball and watched y'all and I felt like when you looked at veteran leadership when you looked at that batting lineup you know I that probably about the only thing I couldn't have predicted in the fall was Dylan Delucia was going to be that dude, right? Like, cause he wasn't that dude at that time. But I, I tell people it's not a Cinderella story because basically their talent came to fruition, right? Like y'all, y'all brought it, y'all brought what y'all were supposed to be doing when you were ranked number one. So a Cinderella story is a team that does it. That's not supposed to do it. Y'all had this talent. Y'all just had to dig deep and, you know, and I think it's with what you said, right? That moment that it becomes new season, right? And you talk about the leaders, the elk on the everybody saying everything that happened in the past doesn't matter. And so now you are that team that's talented. You have that confidence. It's completely new. And then y'all just ran with it. And like I said, you know, Delusia was lights out, batting lineup, you know, absolutely doing everything. Brandon Johnson, you know, all that. Hunter Elliott. It was just a perfect storm. And so, man, it was. I was there to watch you guys, and and it, it was fun, especially. So many IOTB guests, y'all got so many, you know, good character dudes. It, it was it was really cool to see. So, you know, you're coming into uh, this past season, you know, so many of those guys left, right? And so many questions. Obviously, Hunter's hurt. You're hurt, you know, on top of many other things. Like, you know, just how tough was it coming off a national championship to have that decline, which, you know, it could be expected, right? That many guys depart, that many injuries. Yeah, so – like you said, we had Mallets out, Hunter out. I was out for, for most of the year. But it was tough. There's a target on our back. Um, I mean, we were the defending national champions, so everyone wanted a piece of us. Uh, but I thought we were going to be just as good. I mean, we had the talent looking in the fall. I was like, we're killing the ball. We're pitching it. I thought we had some really good freshman pitchers. Um, we do, but they just didn't kind of pan out like the we thought they would, but yeah, so we killed non-conference. We played basically all Big Ten schools, just ran through them. And then we got into SEC play, and it was just – played Vandy, got swept, got drummed, and then just went downhill from there. I don't know what the dynamic was of the team, but it just it just kept spiraling out of control. And we, we kept trying to stay in there and not give up or not quit. But, I mean, we won one SEC series all year that year, and that was bad. But, but I'm sure you'll you'll t you know maybe maybe not the guys who just got there, but you as a guy who had the national championship and the other guys, you're okay with it, right? Like you know, it's it's the trade off. If you have to get a national championship to have a bad year afterward, most guys will do two, three bad years afterward. You know, it, it is what it is. But you did get back into throwing. Um, you made five appearances after the injury. I noticed looking at the stat line, and then I remember watching you. Um, you weren't 
the guy that I saw the year before. You weren't the guy I saw in high school. You're not the guy I've seen this fall. So talk about, you know, just how hard it was to get back into it and basically find yourself. Yeah, so I wasn't even supposed to pitch that year um, until Coach B, probably a week before the season, was like, hey, uh, we like where your rehab's going. We're thinking about putting you on the roster to pitch at the end of the season. And I was all on board for it because uh, I didn't want to miss another Omaha run like I did the year before. So I was like, if I sit out this year and we go to Omaha again, that's going to be two years I miss it. So at that time, the decision was the right thing to do was just to uh, be on the roster and play. So waiting that whatever it was four months until the end of the end of the season, uh, I just wasn't ready. I rushed it. Uh, I just it was a, it was a lot going on. I just wanted to be out there playing. How, how bad of a mental game is it when you're out there? You're coming back from injury. The season's not going well for the team, and then you're just not throwing like you're accustomed to. I mean, because yeah. it's such a mental game. Yeah, so you're right. Like, it was all in my head. Like, it's tough to have confidence when you know your stuff isn't the same, when you're throwing slower, your fastball doesn't do the same thing, your slider isn't good, change-up's not good, mechanics are off, everything's out of whack, you just don't feel good. So it's really hard to have that confidence like I did my freshman year or I do now. Uh, being rushed like that, like I said, or, or just hurt. But uh, yeah, so hindsight, I probably shouldn't have. I probably should have just sat the year out. But like Daniel, I said, let me, I didn't want to miss a, let, let me ask Daniel Riley. You know, as a national championship pitching coach yourself, Daniel, um, would you have wanted him to go in there? You know, this is like he says hindsight. It's easy for us to do this now, right? But I'm putting you in the position, Daniel, with Riley. Are you letting him throw, or are you just riding it out for the rest of the season and then waiting? Um, riding it out. Trusting the process of rehab, not rushing anything, because I'm convinced that, you know, you're an elite player, but I think you're you're seasoned enough to know, Riley, that one person on a team isn't gonna be the the one thing that makes or breaks you. Mm-hmm. It's how the team's playing and what that one person can bring and and but I would never put that over the health and the progress that's being made, especially when you know that your rehab and that stint that you're, you're doing is working. So what you don't want to do is, is do anything to hinder that because it's just going to hurt, not just the program. Most importantly, it'll hurt the player. Yeah, exactly. So I will say all fall been, been tweeting about it, been telling Daniel, I have, uh, Put you out there, man. You're you're on the block. I have you as the X factor to the key to Ole Miss's success. Um, obviously, everybody's talking about, you know, JT Quinn or Rivas, right, or Will Sonye do his thing. But I think um, you are that glue guy around, around all those guys. And, you know, whether it's been in Memphis or the inner squads or was that Jacksonville State, you know, you've looked solid. So, Obviously, a complete, you know, 180 from where you were at the end of last season when you were just struggling. So talk to me about how good you're feeling um, about your fall performance. Yeah, uh, I give a lot of credit to uh, Trad. I went to Trad over the summer, and they helped me a lot. And Coach Laugh, the pitching coach, uh, they helped me a lot with just a bunch of different things, my mechanics. I cleaned up my mechanics. I got more sync on my fastball. I uh, I developed an actual slider for the first time in my whole life. I have a breaking ball now. 
uh, and I, I fixed up my changeup. I learned how to kind of throw it for strikes more consistently. So just all those three combined, plus the knowledge of how to pitch, how to read swings and do all that has just gone into the, to play. And you saw it the fall. I had some success doing that. Isn't, yeah. it, isn't it nice to have some time to be able to like take a step back and work on things yeah. as opposed to just kind of like, I'm just in the fire, I'm in the grind, and I'm just trying to, like, get my outings, get my pitches in. You know, I'm working on stuff, but I'm not really able to, like – you can't really take steps back and, like, build the foundation for something so that it makes you better in the long run just because the season at that point starts going and it, it catches up on you. But, um, you know, I'm sure for you the rehab and, and, and it was almost a point where you – I would imagine it's like trying to pitch all over again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it was tough, especially coming back, like with the rehab process. I've, I just lost complete feel of everything. I lost command. I lost velo. And that was the hardest thing. And as I kept throwing pens and coming back together, it, it felt good. And like I had that whole time of that season I wasn't playing at the time to kind of learn how to pitch and learn from the guys pitching right now that, okay, that doesn't work or this does work. Why does that work? Why does it not work? All these things I just kind of learned. And like you said, kind of just thrown into the fire. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to have just a little time to kind of work on some things. And like, you think about it, like you're playing a whole fall and then you have, you shut down, you have a couple months until you play a whole season and then it's the summer and then you got to do the fall again. So it's just a constant cycle of just, you're playing and you don't have a ton of time to develop things, but if you manage your time properly, you can, you know, work on some good things. You know, I'll take it a step further. Um, you know, Daniel's actually not on that show, but on pros and Joe's, we had Skeens and Floyd together. Skeens pitched, Floyd didn't. And then we had Andrew Lindsay and Dolander on together. Lindsay pitched, Dolander didn't. And the common theme was Dolander, um, and Floyd were talking about having the time to work on their mechanics and how nice it was, whereas we're talking about being thrown in the fire. Skeens and Lindsay didn't have that. And so it's one of those things that, you know, I would say on the college or pro level to listening to what Daniel's saying, you're saying, or these guys who are in pro ball are saying, the opportunity to take a step back, not force and rush things, and how, you know, Doe isn't pitching, but I'm going to take his word for it. He says he's been able to work and change up things on his mechanics you know, he expects to be better than ever next year because he's actually had the time, which he's never had in college. So there's something to be said about you pitchers, especially you guys with a lot of talent that are crafty. When you get that extra time to rest up, work on things, figure things out, what can happen on the other side? Yeah, definitely, no doubt. So the question that the listeners are wanting to know, that I'm wanting to know, you know, is it, you know, a possibility of being a starter this year or are you going to stay a bullpen guy? So that's obviously the goal to be a starter this year. And uh, obviously I don't make those decisions. I I did whatever I could this year in the fall to to prove that this is the pitcher I am now and this is this is how I'm gonna pitch in the season. So uh I, I hope he gets that message, but ultimately it's his decision and whatever he does, I'll support it and be behind it. But I'll definitely plead my case on why I should be a starter. Daniel, I'll tell you this. Riley should have the best opportunity of any Ole Miss pitcher. I think he should be the Sunday starter, which means he should be wearing powder blues every time he pitches. That's my personal opinion. 
has nothing to do with liking him or not. I'm. What if he? I, what if Riley's not a fan of Powder Blue? I'm not. I'm what if not. he's a pinstripe kind of guy? Bro, you did not read the this or that questions because you just straight up ruined it. Let's get to the this or that question. <laughs> Ten stripes or powder blues, Riley? Oh, uh, oh, oh! I hate the pen, so I'm gonna go powder <laughs> on that one. So that means you're a fan of the uh, the all blue uh, ones. Yeah, the navy or the red. I hear we're getting some creams this year, but you didn't hear that. Oh, from me. okay, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. The creams look good on everybody. Daniel, you oh, a yeah. fan of creams? No doubt. Yeah, they're they're kind of like throwback vintage. I like that. They're yeah. nice. Nice, yes. no doubt. Well, the last question I got for you, and we'll play this game and this or that. Um, as a pitcher, you get to face the guys in the batting lineup. Obviously, I'm out there, but not everybody else is. So, man, talk about some of the guys that have impressed you from the batting lineup. I know you could probably take about or talk about your whole team. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Just give me two, three guys that you just yeah. really expect big seasons from. The the two off the top of my head are Andrew Fisher and Jackson Ross. Andrew Fisher is the Duke transfer, third baseman. Uh, he's the one guy that's had my number this fall. Uh, he is. Oh, well, I say one. Jackson Ross also had my number this fall, so that's probably why I'm saying him. But uh, Andrew hit two bombs off me this this fall. But he's a stud. He's got a lot of power. He's a freak athlete. Um, just a very very good hitter. But Jackson Ross is a stud. He's a fifth year transfer from FAU. Uh, probably the most mature hitter we have on the team. Um. He just doesn't swing at balls outside the zone. He, I mean, he doesn't chase. Um, you know, he just finds a way to put a barrel on the baseball, which is just so impressive at this level. And no matter who the pitcher is, he's squaring them up. The, the thing that you're saying right now is why I have y'all as the sleeper team in the West, because you, you mentioned those two guys and you look at Groff and you look at Hill and you look at Leger and Burford and everybody. I mean, you just keep going, right? Like, I feel like that lineup is back to what it was a couple of years ago, where top to bottom, one through nine, everybody can rake. So you add that to now you have guys like Rebus and Sanye with some experience. You got you back healthy. You know, like, I feel like big things are on deck. Like, it's for me, I, and I've, you know, heard some Mississippi State feelings fans, but I feel like it's, it's Arkansas, LSU, and Ole Miss, and everybody else is going to be fighting for fourth down. Yeah. I agree. I think we have so much talent this year. Uh, I mean, one through nine on the lineup, and especially on the staff too. We have those those guys that were freshmen last year that was just thrown at the fire, and now they've matured and got some innings under their belts, and they've just gotten better as uh, this fall went on. And like some new guys, like Kyler Carmack, who's an Arkansas State transfer, probably is the best changeup in college baseball right now. Uh, Liam Doyle, Coastal Carolina transfer, stud uh, transfer. Or, or freshman Wes Mendez. We, I mean, we just got so many guys, so much depth on the pitching staff, especially. And it's always been seen the seem to be the theme lately with Ole Miss is that we can't we can't pitch as well as we hit. But I think it might be uh, opposite this year. We'll we're definitely going to be ready to see what happens, man. It's uh it's a redemption year, obviously. Uh, you need to. They let me down in Hawaii, Daniel. I swear to God. <laughs> we got you there. We got you. You gonna you gonna be quite all right. I'm I'm <laughs> sure. We'll be all right. But I can make it sound bad. I can make yeah. it sound bad. Look, we're even gonna interview a couple Hawaii players just so I have a little something knowledge on the other team, so I'm not just going in there blind. Awesome, awesome. All right, Riley, man, let's get to it. Um, this or that. Uh, it's a simple game, man. Every everybody plays it. I give you one option or the other, and you know you just pick one. 
Man, it's really, really simple. Be decisive. Go with your gut. Go with your heart. Um, can't say both. Can't say neither. You just you got to go with one. Got you. I got you. No problem. All right, Jim. Tell them who this or that's brought to you by because you were out there slinging them. So why not you I mean, tell us about it? I mean, Riley will tell you if you've seen me at Swayze. I always got Chinook. It's not even just the players. It's not even the fans. You've seen it, Daniel. The umpires at Swayze come and get them from me. Eight Flavors, Mild the Wild, official sponsor of Team USA Baseball. In off the bench, and since Riley's telling secrets a minute ago, they're going to be in the Ole Miss dugout soon. That's right. You heard it here first. <laughs> Let's go. Man, like to hear. cinnamon toast and that smokehouse barbecue. Jeez, man, it's going to be f- it's going to be the place to be. All right, Riley, let's get to it, dude. Uh, first question out the gate, PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. What's your favorite game? We haven't heard Xbox in a while. We've heard a bunch of PlayStation. We heard favorite a bunch game? of nonsense about Fortnite. So. Uh, all-time favorite. Oh, Minecraft, easily. Mine, Minecraft. Oh, yeah. We, we, ha- we, have had a, we have had an Xbox on Pros and Joes, and I'll, I'll let it slide because he is who he is, Daniel. Landon Sims is an Xbox guy, and he's a Fortnite Good. guy, to your point. Wow. Good picture. Do you that? know, Daniel, he said he never played video games until he got to pro ball, and then he had the extra time on his hands, so he started playing? Yeah, of course. You got to fill it with something. If not, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So, <laughs> Riley, who hits better bombs, Tim Elko or Kemp Alderman? Oh, man. Uh Kemp Alderman, just because he hits it 500 feet. <laughs> oh, that's tough, though. Who, who takes longer to get around the bases, Tim Elko or Tim Elko? <laughs> uh, another one probably Tomoka post acl surgery i mean i'll tell you this you don't have to hit you don't you don't have to get around the bases with speed if you hit it over the wall but i i borderline and tim's a great dude we've had him on before but i was and i told him this i was like dude like you make me hurt for you when you're just <laughs> trotting around the bases so well to riley's point you know alderman's is still in the orbit when he's rounding third yeah no kidding i saw him hit a ball at alabama my freshman year that went over the that big tree we have in left field by the scoreboard i mean it went over there and track man stopped reading it because it went so far i mean the the best kind of home runs are walk-off home runs and i watched him hit one against lsu when we blew yeah. an eight-run lead in swayze and so that was that one wasn't a 500 foot bomb but it's a walk-off bomb it's the right kind uh-huh those are the best. All right. Given that the season that we're in, we've got, you know, Thanksgiving coming up, the feast day tomorrow. What's better, green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole? Mm. I would say neither. But say neither. I know, I know. Green well, bean starters, casserole. That's, yes. that's, there is an answer to this. Green bean casserole is probably better. Yes, thank you. I wouldn't eat them, but if I had to, I'd go with that one. Well, how are you sure you're from Mississippi? You don't I'm, eat either? I'm not redneck, but I'm from Mississippi. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm a different it's Mississippi. Clear, it's clear to me you haven't had a good sweet potato casserole. Clearly, clearly. Maybe you're right. Maybe I need to have yours one day. Dude, I, dude my wife, cheap plug for me. She'll hear this back and she'll she'll get excited, but she makes the best sweet potato casserole. Yeah. 
Yes, it is. And, and I'll throw it's my sister's all up. Kinds of, it's all I'm, kinds of brown sugar, pecans, butter. Like, it, it's good. All right, all right, Daniel. So I got the combination. We need to get together. My sister, because I don't cook, needs to bring the green bean casserole. Your wife needs to bring the sweet potato. Let's rock. Yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll have a a, a, a cast, cast off where we cast <laughs> casserole. All right, Riley, if your team played a game of Survivor, Right. And the reason I ask this is because we've created um, this in off the bench game of Survivor that'll start with the, the start of uh, regular season for college baseball. But anyhow, you're familiar probably at this point with the game of Survivor on TV. If you were on the game of Survivor with your team, who would win? Would it be you or someone else? Uh, I'm not going to win that. To be honest, you're uh, not a redneck. We 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 uh, yeah, we, we've established that. I mean, I can probably last a few days out there, but oh man, so who would uh, win? Who on the team would win? Who do you think? So you got to be able to obviously have some physical attributes. You got to mm-hmm. have some mental capabilities. You got to have a social game. You got to be well balanced in it all. You got to be deceptive. You got to be able to. Lie, cheat, steal, tell I'm the truth. I'm trying to think who Luke Hill picked yeah, on Monday. Do Don't reveal if you remember. I can't remember who I, Luke I'm probably going to go with with Andrew Fisher. I really uh, – he's a big guy. He's very personal. Uh, he is from Jersey, though, so I don't know how he'll do in the woods. But Daniel, how I, do we make this happen? How do we get a ball team out on a Survivor Island? Yeah, we need to make that happen. So I guess well first we've gotta we've we've gotta find the island. Yeah. I mean you yeah. ain't got a connection with Jeff Probst, you can't call him, but I look, Jeff, we got an idea. I mean, Dude, like, think how hey. many people would tune into that though, for real. If you put a a team of any sorts, right? Like uh, out there together and see who can win. And that's ultimate bragging rights. Like it's like fantasy, right? Like you could not even, you know, Riley says he don't care about NFL football, but you want to win fantasy because you want to have bragging rights over your boys. Imagine surviving the island the longest of the whole team. Yeah, that would be that'd be sick. I, I agree. I think a lot of people would watch that. We we essentially do solve like Survivor. It's called the Omaha Challenge, and it's pretty rough. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm a little disappointed in you. I remember seeing you on more first uh, first place things a couple years ago. What happened? I'm a vet now. I've I've done my Omaha challenge. I'll try to come top 10. That's me. His so freshman I, year, Daniel, he was at the top of the leaderboard for everything. This year, he wasn't up there. I mean, taking who the time. The, who was I was the, eight. I was eight. Come on now. Who won this? Uh, Judd Udemark. He's a freak. Is, Actually, that no. made my survivor pick. I take that back. It's Judd Udemark. That was who Luke Hill said now that you – Yeah, Judd Udemark. That's yeah. who Luke said. So, I, I totally forgot about him. Let me ask you this. When it comes to – the Omaha challenge does going into it. Does everyone go, Oh, this guy's going to win. Uh, or do people legitimately like talk shit and they're like, no man, I'm, I'm taking They this. They did with Derek diamond because he won it three times. Yeah. They, when Derek was here, everyone knew Derek was going to win it. But the past two years, it, you kind of have like a select five or six people you think can actually win it. Uh, and in between those people, they kind of they kind of talk shit to each other. But uh, it, it's it's definitely more fun with like the teams on it. That's when the shit talking gets real. But uh, my pick this year was Ethan Leger and because he won it last year. But I think he came in second by four points. But the, Judd, the funny, 
the funniest moment, Riley, I know you'll remember it, when you were a freshman two years ago, I was there when y'all picked teams. And I remember Hayden Leatherwood, IOTB three-time guest, <laughs> was the last one. And they were arguing over, do they have to really take them? And I, <laughs> I said to BBC, I said, what's up with that? And they said, man, Survivors or Survivor, uh, Omaha's a, a challenge of like the fittest. And if there's anything Hayden's not, he's not going to run or do anything extra. Yeah, no, he just liked to hit baseballs. That was – if he could just stand in the box and hit, that's all he'd do. Well, who who would you pick, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? Josh Allen. Terrible answer. Golly. I know. I know. So it's Joe easy Burrow to see you're that. The you're the first person to ever be asked this question, and you answered it wrong. Good grief. <laughs> I, I, I think Josh Allen is a better quarterback. I really do. Him and his four picks, yeah, whatever. It's a little off here, sure. It's <laughs> off here. I mean, neither one of them have won a championship, even though Joe Burrow's come closer. But okay, that's All right. That's fair. Last question. This is the money question. If I had a suitcase and it was full of nice, crisp one hundred dollar bills, and it was. You can't total. carry you can't carry a suitcase anymore, Daniel, because I up the I up the ante uh, okay. for O'Reilly. So if I it's carried it. multiple duffel bags full of crisp <laughs> mint hundred dollar bills, and I was like, "All right, Riley, these fifteen duffel bags are a hundred million dollars. Would you take that, or option two was you get to win a national championship?" You have to make the decision <laughs> right then on the spot. Right then, hundred uh, mil or a national championship. I'm, and now, I'm and sorry. Now, hold on, before you answer this, this is not. So you've won a national championship. This doesn't mean the next one. This means go back, rewind time. You don't get. Oh, to okay. Look. So like, yeah. I haven't, I haven't won one yet. Right. Correct. And all the memories of this championship, like if you take the money, there's no memories, no nothing, no hardware, no ring, no. No parade in Oxford, no dog pile. Ain't none of that. It's it's basically you're selling, you're selling them on the championship. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you really want me to pick the national championship, but no, I I, anyone here's your answer. I don't think anyone that picks the national championship over a hundred million dollars is crazy. I mean, see, you that's got a hundred million dollars. So you got yeah. it harder because I, I think you got it easy. No, it was it was well true. I got I see what you're saying. I know that we had it at ten million, and too many guys were picking championship. And the worst was when Skeens picked uh, championship because he did just get paid ten million dollars. <laughs> so I believe him. So yeah, that's not fair. So what if I? What if we changed it to ten? Would it still be ten, 10 million? million? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, yeah, I do cherish those memories a lot. So probably I'd go with the Natty Champ then. You're crazy, but, Daniel. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you seventy five thousand for that ring up there. No, a hundred, one hundred. That's all it takes. Take it. And and you can, take can I have that? the can I have the memories? That's his when he was pitching coach national championship at University. You, you can have it for a hundred k. All yours, yeah. I got one too. I think I know. Oh, yours. look at him flexing. Like, no, I no, you you shouldn't show yours because I'm still upset with Ole Miss. Why is it not red for the letters? Like LSU's letters are purple. What are y'all doing? Uh, I actually heard the story. I found out how that got made. I, I think it was Coach B doing. Uh, 
I don't. I'm not too sure. I've actually heard no. I heard it wasn't on Coach B. I heard I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus. There was a miscommunication with somebody in the department. I'll say that that um, it wasn't finalized on what the decision was. I actually found this oh, out really? recently, which makes sense because every other ring has the color pop on it, and so whether y'all use mm-hmm. red or blue, it doesn't make sense because those things are beautiful. I've I've held it. I've wore it. Um, it's actually Derek Diamond, ironically, because it's diamond ring. Um, but not being able to have that pop of old Mrs. Words. Man, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's uh, – I feel like they missed one on that. I remember getting the rings and super pumped. I looked at it. I was like, yeah, we got the ring. But I was like, it could be a little better. I mean, it sounds sounds selfish and arrogant. But I, mean, I was looking at it. I was like mm. – Daniel, at least it, he has his on the, the – at least he has his on his dresser with pride. How many guests we had, like, digging through a box trying to find it? And they're like, uh, I think it's in here somewhere. Uh, Dylan Delucia said his most outstanding uh, player trophy is in his mom's garage in a box. <laughs> guys are like, uh, I, w- I would take, I would take this championship ring over ten million dollars, but I can't find it. Oh, <laughs> no, it's. Uh, you, but here's the thing, Jim. It's and and Riley can probably attest to this. It's great to have this ring, but like, you, you really, it's big and it's kind of like it's it's more of a status thing and like you don't wear it like you just don't you ever wore it outside of like a baseball event no Uh, well uh, actually i have i've i've wore it to depending on the event like if it's like a fancy like kind of get together or like it is a like alumni event or something like that then yeah you you wear your what about you riley yeah we have this thing called like rebel choice awards every year where they give awards to like the teams for different things. So we kind of dress up nice for that. I'll wear it then, but do me a favor. I think school related. Flex it tomorrow at Thanksgiving for me at the table. Do do me a favor. Should I bring it to the egg bowl? Yes, absolutely. I want you to to be the mashed potato guy and just put it on and just like start. Hold on, Daniel. Daniel, before we talk him into this, like I don't want him to get mugged in the parking lot either for that thing. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, I got the ring on though. You think Riley? Yeah, well, he's ninety-six miles an hour. He ain't ain't little. He's he's tall and broad. I actually think he handles those, especially like Riley saying, if you have the ring on, you dot the eyes with that bad boy. It's curtains. Plus, he had Tommy John, so he's he's way he's he's coming back in way better shape than he was. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? But isn't that crazy, Riley? Like. Like probably when you were a kid, like Tommy John surgery was like this thing that it was devastating. Now it's like, okay, it's almost this inevitability if you are a big time pitcher. But like guys are coming back able to throw and like yeah. nothing ever happened. I always say it's not uh when you have it or not if you have it, it's when you have it. Oh, I mean, it's like an epidemic now. Y'all it's really- two are y'all two are linked forever because Daniel says the same thing verbatim. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's right. I mean, you look at it now, people are just throwing harder than they ever have, and your body's really not supposed to, I mean, hold that workload for uh, or that high intensity. So, I mean, it just it makes sense that more elbows are blowing out. But, yeah, like you said. We go back to your high school, right? Like Daniel was saying, guys didn't used to throw like y'all are throwing, man. Y'all are throwing mm-hmm. harder than ever. Well, yeah, technology I mean, is different. Training is different. Everyone's sports-specific now. There's less people, like – playing multiple sports and like it's all no matter where you're at in the country it's almost all become year round so like yeah it's like an inevitability yeah 100 percent. he's definitely definitely wise i I like i like the wisdom that you carry riley 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's why he's the, the trusty vet these days. No, actually, here's the question, Daniel. Is he in is he in study hall like most of the old Miss guests? All right, all right. I got. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be in study hall, but I got. I had a bad grade at the start of the year. Like the first three weeks, I had like a F in the class. Can I stop you? Go you ahead. Like, you you can't follow up your. I'm not supposed to be in study hall by immediately saying I got a bad grade. Like yes, then you should be in study. Hall. It, it it really wasn't my fault. I missed I missed a couple assignments because they were hidden. But oh, uh, Lord. I got, some, I got Daniel, some zeros in there. You, and you sound like my six-year-old. <laughs> Daniel, I – It I, wasn't my fault, but I, but I got I think only Gonzo and – I think only Gonzo and Elko were the only ones that weren't attending study hall when they came on here. Yeah, I mean, last – I mean, one's supposed to have it, and I, I got put in four hours after that. But have they told you what we do if we get zeros? Mm-mm. No. You have to go to the if breakfast get club? get a zero, they, uh, our <laughs> academic coach makes us go – like open car doors for like the elementary school or like oh, that's little cool. school, like at 7 a.m. in the morning. So it seems we get community service hours, but we're really there for what What started us asking about study hall was we had to move an episode. I had to end up doing it by myself. It was the first episode I ever did by myself because Doug Nikhazy had to move it up by two hours because he had study hall and Daniel wasn't available to do it then. And Daniel was like, what the hell? Study hall. And Doug's like, yeah, same thing you did. Made a bad grade. And Coach B said he had to go. And so then we ended up asking Van Cleve and Leatherwood. And they were both in the study hall. And so it's become the running question we've asked. And so seems like you boys, y'all can play baseball. But y'all need to get better in the classroom, guys. But, but they, really? they say the better you are at uh, baseball, the worse you are at school, or vice versa. So. <laughs> well, so – our originally our our podcast started at 7 p.m but because of old miss study hall we had to start it at 9 30 eastern time so you guys had time and it just became all about old miss Miss players that thank you that means a lot so we're we're looking out for you guys (laughs) we appreciate it for sure yeah for sure all right riley man anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here man Uh, i'm i'm good i don't have much promotion deals or anything like that sponsorship so we'll, I'm change, we'll change that now that you're officially iotb let's we go are, actually we're actually working on you you sent up your stuff for your poster yet i haven't no all right i'm gonna get you linked up on that so people don't right. uh have to get the poster that you got behind you but they can get the poster of you throwing yeah. the baseball yeah that's what y'all want to purchase that one the athletic collection daniel i think we could that- get it that would be a classic. I'm going to send it to Brent right now with Riley in a group text and say, can we get this for sale at Ole Miss? Can, yeah. <laughs> you just need to get him in it. Like, Riley, you need to stand where you can see you then and you now and then do, like, the before <laughs> and after. Yeah. That should be the truvy. That should be the truvy, that should be the truvy uh, poster. <laughs> before truvy and after truvy. No, yeah, I'll work on that. I'll, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> Riley, I'll help you out, man. If if y'all want to know more about Riley, maybe it's Wednesday. Maybe he's on a podcast. Maybe he's he's fasting, getting ready for Thanksgiving on Thursday. Going over to IG at Riley Maddox. That's two D's with an X underscore. Or if you want to see what the Ole Miss baseball team's up to this spring, Going over to at Ole Miss BSB, you'll get updates, you'll get scores, you'll get hype videos, highlights, you'll get the whole nine. Riley, dude, we wish you nothing but the best. More importantly, 
we can't wait to see you back on the mound consistently. Ha- happy season, healthy season, and whatever whatever happens, man. Hey, if it's Omaha, we we knew you could do it. If it's not, we just want you to have a great season. And if there's anything we can do for you, man, please reach out. All right, well, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for letting me uh, get on here with y'all. Absolutely. That's Riley Maddox, everybody. If you like hearing Riley's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, love. We'll take it all, and we'll see everyone next week. We got episode 39 coming at you where Chad, Big Daddy Storm, Martin, and I We'll be talking wrestling. We got to unpack Survivor Series. We got to unpack AEW full gear. We got to do it all. You you'll get more on Bluff City Wrestling this week than you've had in the past wrestling episodes. And I know that there have been people out there asking for what's next. What's next with Bluff City Wrestling? Well, you don't have to wait much longer. Monday, you're gonna and find. Daniel, out. throw throw in the hot corner in there while you're there. The hot corner. The hot corner. Jim, you know the schedule. It's been up and down, so you tell me when the hot corner is because I know that Alex and AJ, they, they've got a full slate of guests. Um, but times and dates, what, what are we looking at? So on Monday night at the same time, you're talking wrestling. They're going to be with Brady Tiger and Mason Moore finding out about Arkansas and Kentucky fall ball. And since I already got it up, I'll just pull up their guest list. The next week, they have Dakota Jordan and Colby Branch. Then they got Reagan Burford and Gavin Casas. And then wait for it, Daniel. Florida, Colby Shelton, and then Parker Rowland from Arkansas. First Florida guest ever, but they're not talking to us. Wow. I had to, I finally broke three and a half years. I finally allowed a Florida guest, but it's not with us. Holy moly. I I need a break from all that. <laughs> That's, that's shocking news. You've heard it here. No, that's good. We're, we're branching out. Um, Alex and AJ, you know, they definitely have some different, you know, ties to players in different areas. So it's, it's nice to have them on. They got their own show with us. We appreciate what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a strong, strong end of the year that we got planned for everybody. We got season nine in the works. We got sponsorships. We got, we got our own clothing line, dude. We, we got it all. Jim, tell the people where they can get their official and off-the-bench gear. Yeah, so Memphis City. So instead of putting the S on Memphis, put City there instead. Um, and off-the-bench apparel in nine different colorways. So if you want to support Riley Maddox, Luke Hill that have been on this week, you can get that powder blue with the red on it. You can get the hoodie, you can get the T-shirt, you can get the long sleeve. And also, while we're talking about a lot of these guests, I got to get Riley plugged in. Go to TLCVIP.com. We are changing the game for college athletics. We have more than 50 guests, Daniel, who have signed up, and what we're doing is setting up the NIL in a different process. People can sponsor and donate for an athlete to us directly, and then in off the bench, we'll handle the NIL side of it. So, So let me get this right. If I'm a fan and my player is part of the Truby lineup, I can go to the website and I can click on their profile and I can buy products and it sends NIL through us to them. 
sends it to us, and then we will cut the official NIL check. We'll do the paperwork. We'll make it easy. All you got to do is just donate. Right. Let's go. Y'all, I mean, if y'all want to change your life, Jim got 75 hard going on. Some of y'all want to get through the holidays and want to be prepped for New Year's. Not a better way for you. I'm getting New prepped for Hawaii, easy. man. I'm going to have a six-pack better than Riley's come February. Whatever, whatever so. it is. Maybe it's the Omaha challenge and, and you, you're just trying to. No, I'm not running, bro. That's too far. That's too far. <laughs> no, a uh, lot of good things, man. But let's let's get out of here. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.